Welcome to Blooming Out, Indiana's only LGBTIQ plus news and public affairs show, featuring music, events, and interviews, both local and global. Live from the WFHB studios in Bloomington, Indiana, this is Blooming Out. Thank you for tuning in or streaming or downloading Blooming Out on WFHB. I'm Melanie Davis. I'm Ireland Meacham. Uh, I'm Lucas Fisher. Returning as our guest today is the inimitable Kit Malone. Just reading from her Woo! bio on Indiana ACLU's website, Kit is an advocate and educator at the ACLU of Indiana, where she organizes a statewide public outreach campaign to identify transgender advocates and arm them with the tools to educate and engage their communities on the importance of passing comprehensive civil rights protection for all Hoosiers. Yay! Yay. Welcome back. That's the first time inimitable as an adjective has been applied to me, and I'm I'm living for that. I think it actually made me more inimitable. <laughs> well, you are. I, I've tried many times, and I just fail. I can't do it. Um, but thank you for coming today. Uh, I've been dying to get you back on the show for a while, and and here we are. Uh, but before we get into the deep things, how's everybody been doing this past uh, snowpocalypse? Snowpocalyptical. <laughs> um, it's been pretty wild. Uh, I'm waiting for the snow to be snow, snow uh, personable. There we go. Uh, snow personable. So I can build a snow person. And then Cute. I will be complete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's like, it, it was snowing a lot last week and earlier this week um, in New York, but now it's, it, yesterday it was like unseasonably warm. It was like in the 50s. So um, oh. all the snow melted, but it's cold again today. So that's fun. <laughs> Don't talk about the 50s and the global year. warming. Yeah. Yeah. The climate's definitely not in a crisis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything's, Everything's fine. fine. <laughs> uh, the, um, I just saw the cutest thing. My so my next door neighbors is are these this young couple um, that just moved in last year. Uh, they're adorable, but they clearly don't have a lot of experience with snow. Like I know one of them is from a different part of the country, and clearly, and I saw them both like with like they were both out there, and she was clearly learning how to shovel snow. Like they were shoveling snow together and he was like offering instruction like here's the best way to show i'm mean, like you are not from indiana girl oh <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty adorable they got the job done though good well you know reckoning it's one of those bonding experiences for a young couple yeah Aww. first snow shovel right did they first did they reckoning video it i mean is it are they gonna post it because that that's one of those things you should do yeah i mean it they 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 need an insta that stuff like yeah. you got an insta that like first time cat shoveled snow i was all over it i was like got the camera out i was indoors shooting out because it was very cold um but she's all wrapped up you know like a present and she was having the best time it was it was way too early in her life for her to get uh upset about having to do chores so it was fantastic i attached a <laughs> You know those those little dust pans that they use for um, coals in a fireplace. Mm -hmm. I had one of those, and I put it attached it to the handle of a um, like a a broom, or actually it was from a uh, 
roller handle, or like a roller painter handle. <laughs> so it wasn't exactly a shovel. Uh, it wasn't really heavy and it took her forever, but she had fun. So. <laughs> oh my God, that's evil. I had to put that up on that's she's going to be somewhere of that. So share the link. Melanie, I just <laughs> noticed that we both have the same and I, 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 I suppose Radio Land cannot cannot know this, but I want them to know it. So I'm saying it out loud. We have the same pandemic haircut. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> the same damn pandemic haircut. I would like to say that uh, I've had this haircut for nine, 10, 12 years now. So I've been anticipating it and my time has come. <laughs> but that's true. Oh, my God. Huh. But yours is a nicer flaxen color. And is Jackson. I like I also like that. You were just really good with like new new for me adjectives. Um wow. I'm yeah. really enjoying flaxen and inimitable. Flaxen. Inimitably flaxen. Inimitably flaxen. Say that ten times fast. I'm not sure I can. Flaxen. Flex. Flex. Good try. Sorry, I like being awkward <laughs> on the radio. <laughs> And that's our show. Woo! Um, so it is like three degrees last night mm -hmm. and uh, slightly higher in the house. Um, it was the first night in forever. Like, I miss my baby. I miss having, you know, my child next to me and just, you know, she's a teenager now. So she's like, I don't want to be anywhere near you. And we're stuck in this house for always and forever now. Um, and last night she was uh, on Discord with a, a few of her friends which was new too she's kind of been keeping to herself for a while and she fell asleep in bed and i was like i am not moving you over and um uh, and hold on a sec sorry hold on mom mom i'm doing a radio show <laughs> um that was amazing, and I hope you guess the parents. I really, if like if you'd yelled louder, that would have been better. Mom, I'm doing a radio show. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> what I hope wasn't caught on the microphone was the toilet flushing from. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't hear that. I didn't hear it either. I thought I heard someone saying, uh, "Why is the ceiling spinning?" Uh, leaking. It's actually oh. <laughs> okay. The ceiling That's a little better. So our ceiling at home is not. Um, uh, it, it, it's not quite sealed. It's kind of porous. So, <laughs> well, that's better than spinning. It's... I was. I thought I heard spinning, and I was like, "Hmm." <clears throat> well, I mean, you know, depending on what day in the week it is it might be spinning um you know like sunday mornings anyway <laughs> where were we i don't even remember talking about how great kid is i think oh yeah yeah so right. oh no hey, my kid back kid oh kid oh yeah my God. uh no anyway, so oh yeah yeah that was we, you were in the we curled up last night and we were like huddled against the cold and it was fun and it was like yay I have my baby back. Uh, so that was my good news. Um, That's yeah. really sweet. It's really sweet. I, I've had a bunch of, you know, 
not great stuff to share. We always have like terrible news on here. And I was like, dog, that was a that was an awesome thing that happened this week. And there's some more awesome news that has come out. Um, can we start into news? Do we have anything else? Does anybody have? Nope. <laughs> cool. Um, news. So we got news from, from way back in in the way back when I was still in what maybe high school. Uh, there was a voice that carried. It, it was it was a voice of evil that came across the AM dial, and that voice is silenced. Um, Rush Limbaugh is is gone from this world and i would just like to thank god or whoever's in charge for finally biting the bullet and taking him so yay um hey i'm not gonna be one of those people that falsely claims that i'm not happy that somebody died i am ecstatic uh because he has caused so much harm to america the world and all the marginalized people in this country so, bye-bye. Do you remember how he used to, like, like list off and celebrate the deaths of um, folks who died of HIV? Yeah. Uh, with, like, air horns and crap? Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That guy. Wow. Celebrated it. Yeah. Um, That's so terrible. He's, he's, he was, <laughs> he was a wretched human and, uh, and the worst of us. And he's gone. Yay. Yeah, so can that... we get some air horns for him? You keep saying we need we need noisemakers. Can you add that? Can you fix that in post? <laughs> uh, it's not in the budget. I'm sorry. <laughs> WFHP Community Radio. Right. <laughs> Go online and hit the big red donut donut button. <laughs> there is not a donut button on no seriously though if you if you want to help out you know big red uh liquor, donut donate button online anyway moving on i'm not going to be here very much longer <laughs> <laughs> donate for the fun to get um melanie some some noisemakers yeah you know. and donate some air horn sound effects yeah if there's like an app on your phone that'll do it oh yeah i've actually got a whole bunch of sound effects on uh, my computer i just never get to use them yeah this this became the bob and tom show so fast i know right i can we get can we get mr obvious on Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry can i promote somebody else's radio show on this one is that is that bad form um no we um we have some news from kind of last week that I thought was important to bring up. Um, But some of it ties in with what I want to talk with you about, Kit, is uh, this legislation wave, and that was your word, uh, that's kind of sweeping, sweeping across the nation and in our own um, ripples, I guess, from that wave uh, and, and what has been going on there, because there's a lot of like when the bathroom bills came out and they started what in, around Texas and, and places like that. Um, <clears throat> and shout out to our listeners in Texas who hopefully have power. Um, but, you know, it started off in another part of the country and then it gets picked up and moved here. And we have a lot of legislation that came through like that too, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that this is a... Uh... <laughs> This is going to be an evergreen issue um, in the Indiana legislature. It's really joining. I think trans people in general are joining abortion as sort of a favorite 
issue to signal to a socially conservative base. Um, and so stuff gets filed in Indiana attacking trans people and trans people's rights, whether that's in the form of bathroom bills, which I honestly now seem almost quaint um, yeah. considering the level of attacks we're seeing now um, to sort of banning um, trans kids from youth sports entirely um, to, you know, all kinds of monkey business around um, trans patient rights. And, you know, like there's, this is really just the sort of the evolution of that debate that we're seeing. We've seen sort of the bathroom bills had their moment and pretty roundly rejected. I think people have, have moved on from that issue. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just like when they evolved to trans people in bathrooms from gay marriage, mm-hmm. now they're evolving to the next thing that they think people in the middle of the issue might be swayed by right. um, or what they think might they might be able to drum up the most fear with. Um, and right now it's this myth that like trans women in particular are going to sort of take over um, sports for instance, um, mm-hmm. we had an attempt at that last year that we defeated. Um, and, uh, you know, these bills are moving in states all over, you know, all over the country. Um, right. And the sad part is that, you know, they are going to cost lives. They, this is, you know, something that's being used really nakedly um, to signal to a base. They're, they're really don't, they don't solve a problem that, that we can show exists. Um, it's really about sort of just throwing red meat out to uh, um, f- to give lawmakers a chance to sort of grandstand their conservative uh, values, and unfortunately, they're playing a game uh, that 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 is going to result in in lost lives. And I, I, as far as the uptick in popularity, I, there's probably like a lot of reasons. You know, last year was a bad year too. Um, this year, this session um, around the country has been even worse in terms of attacks filed. And I do think a lot of it is, you know, related to sort of the the Trump. I don't know what you'd call it, the Trump aftermath. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of conservatives who really feel like they need to shore up their conservative values in the aftermath of that um, are using these bills as a way to do that. And they felt empowered in the last administration. Um, They had an administration that was sympathetic to their their political views. And uh, that that unfortunately created a wave that still exists. You know, it can and is top down. A lot of these policies started with um, executive orders um, written by the former president. Mm-hmm. Um, that became uh, the the just continually started. One of his first executive orders was, of course, the trans military ban that he tweeted out infamously. It was also one of the the the, the first defining moments of my career at the ACLU was when he tweeted that out in like the first two months of my my employment there, and suddenly I, we were managing a crisis. Um, and that's sort of been the rhythm um, that we've had for 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 four years. And yes, we have a new administration, but um, you know, all of those wheels that were set into motion during that period still exist. Um, and a lot of lawmakers rode into um, state legislatures on a sort of conservative wave uh, over that over that period. And, the, you know, we're seeing legislatures get more and more um, polarized. And, mm-hmm. you know, the conservatives are getting a lot more conservative. Um, you know, we have a lawmaker here in Indiana who <clears throat> formally he used to be uh, an anti-abortion protester who would like show up with like bloody scrubs at the state house. And like now he oh. writes, 
you know, now, now he's a lawmaker. Um, and, you know, we're seeing, unfortunately, moderate Republicans being picked off um, in primaries, which is having a damaging effect on what laws can, you know, be viable um, right. in a legislative session and what laws will be taken seriously. Absolutely. Sorry, that was a long rabbit hole. No, you raised a really good point, like about, well, there, there's been people elected to our government who uh, still support QAnon. And uh, there have been people who have actually, you know, refuted QAnon after being elected. But I mean, there's still people, you know, anybody can get into office and it's uh, it's really terrifying. And like, uh, I'm just glad that, you know, you're doing the work and seeing all of this out here. And we need more people to, to focus and see all this like terrible stuff that is happening because anyone can be in the government. <laughs> That's obviously the beauty of democracy. I mean, we do want everyone to participate in the government. You know, you know, I, that is our right as citizens and it should be open. Uh, I do. Um, I am troubled at how sort of the waves of, of sort of, conservative populism yeah. has enabled um, and empowered people to actually be rewarded uh, yeah. to, 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 for doing things that are just, just inhumane and, yeah. and absolutely not based in any factor in good policy. And, you know, a lot of this stuff is not only just sort of bigoted, but it's startlingly bad policy mm-hmm. um, that, the, the, that would impact lots of people's civil rights. Um, and that's, um, that's troubling too. Yeah. I think also you you I like that you said um, that everyone should still be like entitled to like that is what democracy is about is allowing this allowing everyone to have their own voice. But, you know, it's like we need to make sure we're actually having the conversation. And like if we just let these people into office, then they're going to be drowning out our voices, which is just, you know. <clears throat> well, I mean, yeah. that that's been um it's been engineered it the i was speaking with somebody else uh earlier about how um it's not you know indiana is gerrymandered so that republicans have and will have a clear majority for a very long time um and i know that we're trying to work on that again but i don't see that changing um and with the way the republican party is moving uh, the way that the conservative movement has kind of been taken over. Uh, and <laughs> I kind of see it like, uh, you know, the fungus that takes over ants and makes them climb to the top of a, a leaf and clamp down. And then the fungus grows its little horns and spores fly all over. That's kind of how I see uh, what's happened mm. to the modern Republican Party. And by modern, I mean, last 50 years. Um, it's just been kind of on a, a steady. Uh, they're not climbing to the top certainly but uh they're they're definitely marching all together in a direction that's really disturbing and it doesn't seem to be like uh it doesn't seem to be that people who are as a part of the party um have any kind of free will anymore it's it's very we have these things we do these things if you don't do these things you're out and we see that with the way that um people who voted for trump's impeachment the republicans that that voted for Trump's impeachment are being really attacked, uh, um, you know, by their party. And it just, it, you know, it's like a, why even bother with having individual representation in, in government, if everybody's going to be following the same exact set of uh, marching orders. So 
just have two people there and they can argue it out. Well, if it, if it makes you feel better, um, I will tell you that, you know, in Indiana, um, we've been very successful at working with the legislature to steer them away from some of the worst stuff. I mean, we, we haven't had a, a serious threat to LGBTQ rights specifically targeted um, pass in years. And a lot of that is due to the fact that there are still moderates in the legislature. There are still people who will take our guidance about, for instance, the constitutionality of something that is proposed. And, you know, we'll take our calls. Um, we'll speak with our advocates. Melanie, you've done some of that work too. Um, and, you know, we still have, you know, in Indiana, the state that brought us Mike Pence and Rifra, mm -hmm. um, starting tomorrow, we're doing our two LGBTQ state house days. And on Friday at noon on our Facebook live stream, we're going to have a lawmaker forum that is going to feature, it's actually bipartisan. We have we have Republican lawmakers, we have Democrat lawmakers who are working on legislation um, of interest to LGBTQ people who um, absolutely wanted to be part of that event. You know, while it is, while there is, well, there are serious entrenched problems um, around the country um, with people who are against us, who are against LGBTQ rights, uh, there are, we have made movement here in Indiana. We, 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 it is actually, it would not have been possible to host that event five or six years ago. And it's, we simply wouldn't have been able to get anybody to stand up with us. <clears throat> and of course, such a, you know, having a lawmaker forum in Indiana only makes sense if you include both sides, you know, include Democrats and, and Republicans, because nothing is going to happen um, in a Republican supermajority state. And the fact that they, even in a supermajority where they don't have to talk to us, they are excited to do that, has a lot to do with the kinds of relationship building that we've been doing for years um with with leadership i they you know i'm not gonna say that we're 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 gonna like have cocktail hour together all the time but i i will say that um <clears throat> we've grown to be trusted as someone who knows you know when a when a law is going to result in a losing lawsuit for instance um when a law is going to create create massive public pushback in the way that rifra did Mm -hmm. um, I think that the, there are people, there are bright spots in leadership in uh, the General Assembly who sort of understand that this is more than just throwing out red meat and, and who want to do the right thing and legitimately want to do the right thing. That's such great news. I, um, I will stand corrected. Uh, hey, I'm with you the whole way, though, on that cynicism. <laughs> Melanie, don't let me, don't ever let me dim your cynical flame. <laughs> <laughs> You just caught me on a good day. <laughs> but no, that is great to hear. And and I know that, you know, there's been a lot of uh, spinning wheels and, you know, for for a long time, um, we just kind of have been pushing against a wall and to see that there are people who are willing to uh, to talk with and work with us on both sides is that's incredibly encouraging, you know, um, because I think the general sentiment is usually, well, what can you do? Um, it's, it's, they're just here and you have to kind of come up with an the, the perfect argument to scare them away from a piece of uh, legislation so that they don't support it so that we don't get, you know, thrown in the stocks or something. Um, because these bills do come out and they come out from a, a smaller number of legislators. There's like this, like core group of people who have a really big problem and 
honestly, I would love to have a forum with them. I would love to have cocktail hour with them. You know, not in a antagonistic sort of way. I just want to know what the hell their problem is. Trust um, me, Melanie, you would not like that. I, I don't <laughs> think I would, but I still that morbid curiosity, you know, yeah. um, is there. I, I, I kind of want to dig down and find out, you know, why there's this rot uh, and and where this hatred comes from. Or even if it's not even hatred, even if it's just something that they're doing because it's politically expedient for them you know um why and then figure out how to counter that and I, this is all your work this is what you do and i appreciate you so much for this because this is uh what you've been doing forever um i don't know if you get too many chances to speak with the uh the ones who maybe i shouldn't speak with but <laughs> um no they don't take our calls they don't that's yeah. that's too bad <clears throat> Because, I mean, okay, I really just want to sit down with Elvis. And that's just been a dream for a few years now. Yeah. So <laughs> Melanie is referring to a, one of the members of the General Assembly who is uh, actually an Elvis impersonator. And he's one of the most vociferous, is that the right word? Vociferously, yeah. Yeah, anti-trans um, um, lawmakers um, out there. Won't even mention his name. Don't even want to bring his energy into the room. Um, but you know, like, like Google Indiana lawmaker, Elvis impersonator, if you want a, uh, um, yeah. want a, want a good time because the Google image search is amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. You'll his, love it. His official picture on, on the state website is, you know, it's, it's the, it's the quintessential I woke up this way, uh, pick. So, cause I think he did. But, like, but really, like you, the the work is more about finding people who are willing to build with you. Um, the work is more about finding, you know, identifying the people who it's just not going to get anywhere with them. Um, and luckily for us, the most the worst of um, the lot, the folks that really um, file a lot of really bad attacks, mm -hmm. um, are not well respected by their own caucuses. They're not people who are considered serious people and like, that's good. Right. Um, but I, I just, just broad strokes, the work that we do is more about finding folks who, who will listen, who will give us that inroad um, because they're able to talk to their colleagues, you know, maybe they hold leadership positions mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's a lot more important than, than whatever. Yeah. Who Elvis impress impersonator. Um, yeah, and and, and 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 there's always a dance because we also don't want to like you know these bills traumatize people just their existence is oh, yeah. traumatic you know they're painful it's painful to read those filings um it's painful me to read even the the like all of the other you know outside of the lgbtq realm all of the other stuff that we deal with here in indiana from a legislature it's painful to read it and so there's also a lot of calculus that goes on behind the scenes about like like when do we traumatize people? <laughs> like, when do we say this is the thing? Um, because he, why ruin people's week over a bill filed by someone who's not taken seriously? And that's just how I feel about it. That's just my personal values. Um, you know, you pick your battles, you look for the thing that is, that is real, and mm -hmm. you worry about the things that are real. Um, and I, I honestly, if I had a message for the Indiana General Assembly, it'd be like, hey, could we worry about the things that are real? <laughs> well, and that's 
that's the big thing. Like these, these are frivolous bills. These, none of these are addressing any sort of issue um, that, that is of any importance it, that, or they just don't, it doesn't address anything that actually exists. Like the, yeah. Um, the, 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 the national wave that we're seeing, you know, consists of, you know, bans on trans kids and sports and my know, brother. And, and it is just like, they're all predicated on this idea that, you know, quote unquote, women's sports are going to be invaded by a horde of, of ravaging trans women who are going to take all the medals. And like, that is, you know, the Olympics have allowed trans women to compete for 20, 30 years, right? something like that. Um, we have yet to take over the Olympics. We've yet to even medal. <laughs> and that's not to say that we suck as athletes. We're a minority. There's a small number of us, you know, occasionally we win in a, in, 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 in competition and, that's great, but there is no evidence that accepting trans women in sport means the end of sports for cis women. Right. Um, it's just a, it's, and honestly, it's just so, such an echo of all the other um, waves of inclusion that sports has had, um, all the arguments that we've seen. It's so mm -hmm. identical that exactly. I can't believe people are still swayed by it. Exactly. And that, that was, something that struck me, you know, these are arguments that we've had over and over again, and not just about trans people, it's about anybody, like, how can you how can we bring these people in? They aren't, you know, they're not going to fit very well. And here's why. My brother called me up and asked me specifically about that. <clears throat> and I, I was, you know, perplexed. I'm like, why? You know, you're, you're an accepting kid, kid, he's not a kid, he's in his 40s now. But you know, you're accepting you, you have been subjected to me for the past your entire life. Um, why are you coming to me with this? Why is this something that worries you? And it's because he was watching conservative uh, pundits talk about this uh, issue and, and he didn't understand it. He didn't have the details and he was giving me all the what ifs. And I thought, okay, well here, if there's this person who is having trouble um understanding it you know how many more people who who don't have somebody to ask as easily how many more people are are confused by um the arguments they're making <clears throat> and i think that that goes to an educational aspect of what we're doing so there's like making sure that we have people on our side and who do understand and who are educated uh about these issues but also the general public people who are, are wanting to drive this are starting to ask questions about well the what ifs what if and the big one was um that i saw was uh scholarships you know they're going to be losing scholarships or they are losing scholarships they are that's the thing that was getting me there they're claiming that it's happening and it's not nobody so cares about trans girls scholarships well like, yeah. like like why it why are trans girls undeserving inherently of scholarships related to sports right exactly. it's just a inherently discriminatory line of reasoning mm -hmm. yeah and i appreciate you saying earlier that yeah it's literally just made up problems it's not anything that solves any real issue we've said that but yeah. it's so true which is why it's so painful and you know traumatic because it feels like such a personal attack you know and it is it is it's very personal for a lot of people i know and um, that is the one thing that I, I do when we talk about education. I do wish that we, we could demonstrate to um, folks um, who 
are responsible um, for these sorts of attacks. Um, I don't think they see, and I don't think they think of the personal, um, the impact that it makes, that it really has on a lot of kids and adults too. And um, I think most good-hearted people um, when faced with, you know, causing pain for no reason would would walk back from that. And so you want, you want people to be good-hearted. Right. Well, and this, you know, I don't think that they, I think that they're coming at it from a, uh, from a place of concern, but, you know, a place of concern for cis girls because of the way it's been presented to them. And that circles back to the Rush Limbaugh's and uh, the people that he spawned uh, who are pushing all of this and then therefore pushing the party. And um, so it, it's great to hear that there are people that are still open and amenable to conversations and um, and learning. What would you suggest people do for uh, bills that might not see the light of day, that might just die in committee, but are potentially dangerous? Um, what should they be looking to do? Uh, who should they be looking to for guidance on on how to um, approach them? Oh gosh, Melanie, I don't, I, I don't want to ever put myself in the position of like instructing people. Well, not instructing, but on how to. No, but but I but but hear me out, hear me out. I but I do think that the thing to do is to find the organizations who are working on those issues and you know follow them, trust their action alerts. They've been occupying that lane for a long time. Whatever it is, whether it's you know abortion rights, whether we're talking about immigration. Um, whether we're talking about LGBTQ rights, um, you know, here in Indiana, there are wide coalitions on almost any um, any issue that you can that you can think of. Organizations that have been doing that work here for a while. And you brought up ger gerrymandering earlier. Um, you know, there's a lot of people doing great work on that. Um, get out your Google, get on Facebook, and you know, sign up for folks' mailing lists specifically. Mm -hmm. um, sign up for those mailing lists because um you know if you if there's someone you trust specifically on your issue um and use them you know use their alerts because they're gonna they know they're on the ground they have lobbyists in the building they have people who are organizing around this issue who have who understand all the gears that are at work and it it is often frustrating to people like well i signed up for this and i get action alerts and i send my letter they know when those targeted letters are important. Um, and particularly they know at, the, at what time those letter, letters are gonna be important, when they need to be done. So like on issues that aren't my lane, you know, I, f I follow the leader, I, you know, I, you know, you know, one of, you know, I, 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 I have an interest in, in housing. It's not my lane, mm -hmm. uh, but I have an interest in homelessness and housing. And one of my favorite voices on that is, is an organization called the Damien Center. And I, you know, I, I watch for them. And if, if someone asked me to take action, um, I trust that organization, uh, you know, the Fair Housing Center as well here in Indiana. Um, I, 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 I know them as credible organizations. And so I, I just take action when they tell me to. Um, and I know that's, that's not always satisfying because I think everybody wants to have a Mr. Smith goes to Washington moment <laughs> where they like, they get that bullhorn out, out and they like march up to the state house and they make change, but make, but change it real change is made by trickles a lot of the times. And each of us is a drop in that trickle. 
and like make the calls. That's all I can say. Like I can say that 30 times, make the calls, um, make the calls, write the emails. Um, those folks are best positioned to know um, what messages are going to work and um, you know, what policy is going to be harmful. Right. And, um, and of course, make up your own mind too. There's a, there, you know, we're lucky. Um, IGA.in.gov is our general assembly's website and you can track what's going on there. Um, at the ACLU of Indiana, we maintain a bill tracker um, on our website. Um, if you click on legislation, when you go to our website, mm -hmm. um, you will find a list of bills. This year's the largest bill tracker we've ever had because there's so many things that impact our issues um, moving because um, it's just a wild year. And um, um, check that out because we've already, we've done a lot of the work to know like what is important to look for what you know what what is important to to panic about <laughs> um you know when, when it's time to panic you will get an action alert from us for sure and that's uh that's a perfect answer that's exactly what i was hoping for um because you know we we see these things circulating on social media a lot of people start from there or they will um they aren't as uh, proactive in going out and being on top of things because that takes a lot of energy mm -hmm. and you know everybody has lives that they're they're trying to lead but they still care um but signing up for for a, a mailing list is is pretty easy and then it just comes to you um, and, I, and i would say i would also just sort of add as a plug for my own organization here in indiana a lot of states will have like a large statewide equality organization. We're um, unique in the in, in Indiana. The ACLU really fills that role. We've just had a historic. We have a history. Um, you know, we're the folks who <clears throat> who defended the right of, of of gay people to marry back in the you know earlier part of the decade and uh, last decade and God, time flies. And um, you know. We, we've been behind a lot of the work to move LGBTQ rights forward in Indiana. Um, and so when I moved over from what used to be our equality campaign, Freedom Indiana, to, to work at the ACLU, we really just brought that work in-house. And it was already very, that we were already directly connected to the ACLU. Um, we provided a lot of the sort of the funding and the resources that um, Freedom Indiana used um, and so it made a lot of sense with nothing to fill that vacuum um, that we could provide something that wasn't just a campaign that popped up when um, Mike Pence passed RIFRA or whatever, yeah. um, but that we could be a, a year-long statewide presence. And, and, and we also, unlike a lot of other LGBTQ organizations, we are able to do lobbying work. We're able to actually get into the state house and, um, and act as lobbyists. Um, and that's, that's an important missing piece of the puzzle. Um, and I, I mean, I, I absolutely love that work and, um, I, I, I gonna just, I'm just gonna pan. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to give the most glowing review of my own organization, but, um, but the, 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 the work we have done is it's been five or six years for me. Um, and it's been strategic. It's been multi-year mm -hmm. and, um, you know, we're the reason Indiana doesn't have a bathroom bill. Um, right. we're the, like that is, you know, being able to be part of such a strong defense 
and such a strong ability to, to think long-term and to pull in partners from all corners of the you know, social justice spectrum is something that we are just uniquely good at. And um, you know, it's something that we haven't seen, um, I think that has been missing in LGBTQ politics in Indiana um, before we really started ramping up the LGBTQ rights project at the ACLU. Um, it was a very cis world um, mm. and honestly a very white world. And you know, the fact that as at the ACLU, we are also warriors for racial justice and we, we, we you know, we, and we're working on, um, you know, voting rights and all those intersectional issues. Mm. We're not just like the polite white gay marriage people. Um, we're able to we're able to come in and say, you know, you know, criminal justice reform is an LGBTQ issue, and we're able to say that, um, you know, um, immigration reform is also an LGBTQ issue, and vice versa. Um, whereas I think before um, the issue in Indiana was very walled in um, to itself, and a very like, like we're here for gay marriage, but we don't know about this other stuff. Like I think, and, and, you know, and I owe a lot of that. I think, I think we owe a lot of that to, 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 to the ACLU's director of public policy, Katie Blair, who's just always had the vision um, that this fight's a lot larger than, you know, bathrooms and wedding cakes and all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love Katie too. Um, What's you know, we're, we're actually coming up to, you know, the end of February and March are, are when things really start to shake out, right? Um, in the legislature. And yeah, crossover is next week. Right. Crossover is the moment where like all the bills move from one branch of the government to the next. So like the, the Senate bills all move to the House, the House bills all move to the Senate. It's a good time. It's a fun time in our life because like weird stuff might happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, it's also a time that a lot of things die. And usually with this legislature, we like it when things die. <clears throat> it's uh it's a day for that um and i've seen you at work i i love being there and watching you you're you're a ball of energy that floats around and and you're you're so good at explaining things and you're so on top of all of it and and who we need to talk to and uh where everything's at um that's why i love talking to you about this because uh you live it you breathe it um and i know it's it's coming up pretty soon i want to get you on afterward to talk about things that have uh been positive and but i'm going to ask you now what happens in the off season i mean there's not really an off season but what is uh what do you do the rest of the year <laughs> when you're not duking it out in the state house itself um or do you i do I, I, I want to say uh, like, like, cause this is so important to me, um, you know, as, as a team, um, our advocacy team, because we're, we're not the lawyers, we're the advocates. Mm-hmm. Um, we we're, we're a really tight knit and mutually supportive group of people. And we, we really have learned um, how to encourage one another to play and how to like be on when we need to be on. But, you know, I'm just really lucky that the values of the department that I work in really reflect an understanding that we'll burn out if we have pedal to the metal just 100% of the time. Don't get me wrong. There are times when it is absolutely imperative 
the, the pedal be to the metal. Um, but I feel really supported in self-care. Um, and I, 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 I feel really free to, you know, when I need to take time for myself and it's been a journey for me to learn how to do that. I'm not going to lie. Um, it did not, it does not come naturally to me to ask for things like time off. Um, it does not come naturally for me to, um, you know, I, I do often joke that like, this is my life and in many ways it is, but for instance, I've super got into animal crossing um, because my boyfriend has a, an, a, an eight-year-old daughter who uh, is like deeply into Animal Crossing. And I just watched her playing it for a while. And then I realized that I could visit her island yeah, and like do things with her. And so like we have been like occasionally like, like losing whole weekends when she's visiting <laughs> to like, to like, like. Uh, my poor boyfriend's just like over on the couch while the two of us are like, okay, I got, I, I got you 10,000 bells for that, for that dress. Like, go get it, go get it. And like <laughs> sending each other weird little messages through the animal crossing mail system and like building a garden and like, so, so like that's been a big feature of the winter for me. Yeah. That's, that's so fun. Right. And, and uh, I could totally see that as, as, the antithesis of the hard, hard work that you're doing, you know, you're still working hard. It's just in the, uh, in the animal crossing world. You know, animal crossing still a viciously capitalistic system, right? <laughs> super fuzzy and they don't come for you if you don't pay your mortgage. Oh, that's what yeah, and you can do this time travel. Right? You can time travel. <laughs> I haven't done that yet. Cause I don't, I'm a little nervous because I have a little more time to play it than, um, than my boyfriend's daughter. And mm -hmm. so if I get things too quickly, she gets jealous. And so I feel really bad if I have like way out, <laughs> out, outclassed her in my like building of stuff. So I like kind of, you got to pace yourself and give her a chance. Yeah. 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 It's her but island. Plus, if you cheat it, then it's not as fun. It's more of like long term. Fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Really, mostly it's about the kid. I I would cheat. I I just mostly <laughs> I mostly just want to buy everything and decorate my little house. Right? Yeah, it's just really yeah. by decorating my little house. That's I played that game too much. <laughs> Way too much. Yeah, we um, Katrina was on that for a very long time, and. Uh, it's she loved it it made her happy and i can see how that's essential maybe it's something that you know is uh it's a therapy <laughs> absolutely yeah it absolutely is therapy because it does yeah I, I joke about it being like just like fuzzy fuzzy like capitalism mm -hmm. but like it is nice to inhabit a world where there's like very few like repercussions and like you just sort of wander around and your job is on the island is just sort of to make all the people who live there kind of happy and and like and also like you get a cute house that you just like you know presents fall from the sky there's like a <laughs> a dynamic where like balloons little balloons with presents on them like fly across and you can shoot them with a slingshot and it's like every five minutes there's like a present coming by and you're like this is like well, that's like, sounding like hunger games now that's kind of weird <laughs> well, they're cute presents and you don't okay. have to kill, kill anybody to get them Oh, you don't have, oh. Yeah, you don't really have to kill anything. Although you can collect bugs, but you don't really kill <laughs> the bugs. You donate them to a museum and they go in this adorable museum that you can then explore later. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah, that was so much fun. Um, how can we support you and your work? How is that something that we can, you know, the, the listeners, the us, um, everybody, how do we bolster you and, uh, and help you spread the love and the word and support the ACLU and their, and their missions? I'm going to give you the, uh, that's all, that's a big question. Um, the first one, my first response is the, 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 the blue and gray ACLU response, which is, Hey, for real though, follow us on social media, subscribe to our email list, become a member by donating. That stuff does make a difference. I mean, it pays my paycheck as well, you know, and like that's supporting and, um, you know, the ACLU of Indiana had, uh, you know, understood that it was important to hire people with lived experience on a lot of these issues. And I just, you know, like I am a fan, I am a card carrying member and like I do, and, but, but like do that and then take those action alerts seriously. Like when you sign up for email list, we don't bombard you with like requests for like donations and stuff. We literally use that list to let you know when something's about to happen and we need your help. Mm-hmm. Um, we we're you're, you're not going to get a lot of fundraising you're not going to get spam from us we're going to say hey a bill is moving and it's like time to take action on it you know or maybe during not the pandemic you might get a a request to to show up at a at a committee hearing because we need to pack that room with bodies to show people who you know the the lawmakers who cares about the bill volunteer um you can um there's a there's a button on our website that'll allow you to sign up to volunteer um i have an army of volunteers that help us with all kinds of things um, because we are a small staff and we do receive 500 requests for legal help every month. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's for a legal team of three lawyers. Mm-hmm. And so we need all kinds of help. Um, you know, even just sorting some of stuff, some of that stuff. So you can get involved by, uh, by going to our website and signing up to be a volunteer. And if you're talking about like how you can support Kit Malone, obviously like send me cake, like cupcakes is pretty cool. Um, I've been into cupcakes lately and, um, but, but seriously, um, I think that the best thing that we can all do, um, if we care about civil liberties and we care about, um, people being treated fairly by their government is to, um, have an expansive idea of who we can talk to, um, understand that you don't have to get to make a real significant change. You don't have to get people all the way to your side. It's great if you can. Um, it's impossible to do. You will not get everybody to your side. Um, but understand that, like, especially if you have privilege, uh, like me, you're white, um, or wealthy, or comfortable, or, you know, able-bodied, or of, you know, like, if, you know, able to, you know, if you don't suffer from mental illness, all the things that might give you some kind of advantage, consider using them to do things. Um, you know, like I happen to think that as a white person, um, it's important for me to be willing to risk more, um, to gain more. I think that that's a, that's a, val- a value that I hold is that I'm, I am more able, you know, systemically um, to use that privilege um, to, to, to accomplish things and to listen to and be in community with people from other backgrounds and um, to understand um, that, that I need to be held accountable um, and to, you know, to understand that I'm accountable to a community of people who may be united by being trans, but are 
very different in, in all kinds of ways. Mm-hmm. And that I can't possibly say that I speak for all of them. And, and I'm always really careful to say, I don't speak for trans people. I have some policy ideas that I think are, are good. <laughs> and, um, but I wanna always be in, I wanna always be in community. So a great way you can support me is to hold me accountable. Oh, that's excellent. I like that. It's, um, it's really something that people have been shouting forever, but, but that whole intersectionality of, uh, of the work is really important to keep um, at the fore in our minds. So thank you for uh, bringing that up a couple times now, because <clears throat> I remember a time when it was just so, um, you know, there were so many factions and there was everybody was kind of trying to get their peace and it, we weren't necessarily going anywhere apart. Um, but that's because oppression doesn't exist, you know, in pieces. It's, it's a, it's a systemic thing. So, uh, tackling that, you know, working for other people, uh, while you're also working for people like yourself, you know, is, um, it's essential to the whole movement. So thank you for that. Um, good. I, I wanted to ask you, um, once again, to plug, uh, plug your event, uh, events, uh, and, and how do people get involved with that? Or should they just, is it something that you're, um, it's going to be made public? Are we streaming live? What's going on with that? Well, the event is the second annual LGBTQ state house day at the, um, uh, at the Indiana general assembly. Last year, we were able to hold it in person. It was before the pandemic. It was the first annual. Um, so now we're officially annual. Um, and so we've done a lot of work on figuring out how to do this. And so of course the state house day last year was a wonderful event and we had a resource fair directly in the state house. Like we went to the state house, we got all these amazing LGBTQ affirming organizations and companies and service providers, um, to sort of set up tables. And then we had lawmakers speak, um, to the group and uh, folks from the community and leaders speak to the group. And it was, it was just, it was, it was a really good day. And unfortunately we can't do it that way this year. Um, like a lot of people, like everything, honestly. Um, I, I pause, I, I definitely wouldn't ask people to go to the state house today. It's just, it's just a cesspool of COVID. Just don't, don't go there. Don't go, <laughs> don't go to the state house and get COVID. Those, those guys, they're giving everybody COVID. Just don't go. Um, but um, we are doing it virtually this year. Um, the f- we, we split it up into two nights because um, we really wanted to keep the resource fair component because we thought mm-hmm. that was really useful for attendees to see, um, to meet, and to, 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 to see what resources are available for LGBTQ people in the state. So we're doing that on its own night on Thursday evening. So that's tomorrow evening at 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. It will be live on the ACLU of Indiana's Facebook page. So just go to Facebook, search for ACLU of Indiana, like us, and um, follow us for alerts and make sure you tune into that live stream. Um, And that's gonna be me talking to about a dozen local service providers throughout the state of Indiana um, for LGBTQ people. I'm gonna be asking them some simple questions about how you can get involved in their work, um, what it is that they do, um, and uh, what regions they serve and all of that good stuff. Um, so that's a great way to find out and get connected um, in your region to, to the issue um, and to people that are doing that work on the ground. Um, so the next day, I'm super excited about um, my colleague, Katie Blair, 
our director of public policy is going to be sitting down. We've paired LGBTQ advocates um, and leaders from the state with lawmakers who are working on issues that um, are relevant to LGBTQ people, um, whether that's youth homelessness, whether that is HIV language modernization, um, whether that is just, you know, just general, um, you know, civil equality um, laws. Um, and we're going to sit down and, and have a chat um, with each lawmaker, one, sort of one-on-one -on -one, um, with, with, with a leader that Katie will be moderating. Um, I think that's going to be great. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about it. And again, that's a, it's a bipartisan group of lawmakers. Um, which shows you that 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 people still do want to get involved, and um, you know, people really are are moving on this issue and understand that um, LGBTQ equality is something that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Uh, I will definitely be there. Oh, and that portion is at noon. But oh, again, yes. Page Friday at noon for that lawmaker forum, mm -hmm. and then Thursday at six, which is actually when this airs. So uh, whoever's hearing this. Um, on over um, yeah but, just pop on over if you're listening right now just like keep listening don't stop listening but like pop up in your browser and find our our, our, our resource fair you know there you go people thank you so very much for coming in i know um you're super busy and you need some uh self-care and something about cupcakes i think oh and um your wonderful roommate is baking a lot of breads you were saying so, I, I i feel that there's some bread waiting for me out there i feel it in my heart carb load for this diabetic like never before okay all right i'll do it for you all the whole time i'll be like i'm doing it for melanie <laughs> oh just one more piece one more piece yes yes well thank you so much for having me absolutely anytime um i i have you on all the time uh, oh good that's you know what why you don't play. you me to the cast right yeah yes oh my god that'd be you great <laughs> in an animal pajama suit Yay. yeah yeah yes that happened i'm just gonna wear the cats so. mine's gonna be a possum suit though oh we love Yay. good choice <laughs> i got a couple possum. other ones i got donkey kong shut up and i got my super mario one yeah it. That one was dirty. Mm -hmm. um, I'm gonna go heat up my mic my my microwave pizza. You do that, and we will catch you later. Let me let me do the outro. Oh, there's an outro. There is. Uh, we're out of time again. Thanks again to Kit Malone, uh, braving the weather and zooming all the way down from Indy to join us right here. Um, all right, who's gonna read? I can do it. Blooming Out is a production of WFHB Community Radio and produced by Melanie Davis, Kate Young. Lucas Fisher is our engineer. For Blooming Out and WFHB, I'm Ireland Meacham. I'm Lucas Fisher. And I'm Melanie Davis. Remember, if everything were straight, roller coasters would be one long, boring ride. Be well, stay safe, speak truth, manifest equity, demand justice, wear your masks, and good night from your Blooming Out family.